Hello everyone and welcome to Drunk Musicals! I'm Julie. I'm Jenny. I'm Roseanne and we are Three Drunk Redheads. We are here to break down some of your favorite Broadway shows. We'll be bringing you history, trivia, and plot descriptions while also getting sufficiently toasted. Please be advised that this podcast will contain adult language and themes not suitable for children, as well as some drunk singing that's not suitable for anyone. All right, everyone, places! Thank, Thank you, you places! And enjoy the show! Hello, Hi, everyone! Hey, how are you doing out there tonight? Welcome to Why are you- <laughs> Hang on, sorry, can we talk about Jenny's accent? What was that? <laughs> are you in, are you in, in the mood for the show with the... I'm, oh, can you oh, tell what it. type of accent oh, I'm yes. doing? It's, because it's the show that we're doing, the specific show. The that specific we're doing. show. Yeah, you know. that was. It's do related. Know, do you guys know what show we're doing? Or, hang on, let's listen. That's it. Ah! That was our five seconds that we're allowed. Let's, let's play guess that song. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a hard guess. It shares no. the title. Of the show that we are doing, which is? And the, it shares the title of the show that you clicked on. Oh, that's true. Oh, we start doing fake outs, like where the title is wrong. Uh, we're doing. But anyway, we're doing Grease. Yes, Grease. <laughs> I was like, we're doing Beauty and the Beast. I don't know. No. <laughs> nope. It, not it again. Kind of rhymes. Yes. We yeah. Are. Welcome, everyone. We are doing Grease. So that's we are your faithful hosts. I'm Julie. I'm Roseanne. I'm, I'm Jenny. Yay! So Yay. we 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 have a new segment for um, the beginning of these shows that we're going to introduce in a second. But just before we do that new segment, let's just go ahead and go around and everyone can do what they're drinking. <gasps> okay. So I'll start. I'm drinking red wine. And for the record, um, I've done three shots of Southern Comfort. <laughs> hey! <laughs> hey! <laughs> so I guess I'll piggyback on that. Um, I also had... Three shots of Southern Comfort. You guys are in for a show tonight. And also, I had a very, very large gin and a splash of Lemoncello LaCroix. And I have another one of those. So that's it. That's it. All right. Good good work, Roseanne. Excellent. (laughs) Excellent job. Okay. I'm Jenny. I just finished this delicious cocktail with some... Uh, some lemon vodka, citron, and this like lavender blueberry syrup and lemonade that I, I got. Try that syrup. Come to my house and try it. It's I so was say, good. I can't wait till we get to go back to being in person. Yeah. Again, we, we set, we did in person for like maybe one or two, but we, we decided for safety reasons, we're going to stay remote, but right. I can't wait to go back to being in person because we would always go to Jenny's mm-hmm. and she's got the best bar mm-hmm. and we can make fancy cocktails. Exactly. And she got a syrup at my bridal shower. That I got it from like, Julie's bridal shower. It was, <laughs> it's so good, Julie. I drink it like every day. You should use it to make that. Uh, what was the one we based the easy street off of? And it was supposed yes. to have like a lavender thing, but we didn't mm-hmm. have it. Mm-hmm. Now that was based it. on a drink from my Jane Austen cocktail book. Oh, so good. Yep. But anyway, that was a delicious cocktail I just finished. Now I'm moving on to some red wine. Excellent. Excellent. As you do. As I, as as I always does. do. Yes. So you guys, we are doing Grease today. And now normally at the beginning of our show, we do a brief summary. We decided to shake things up a little bit. We have a couple different segments in mind. This week's segment is going to be called 30 Second Summary. 
I have a spinner that I'm going to show up just for like uh, transparency's sake in our Zoom call that I'm going to hit. And whoever it lands on has to then, we're going to set a timer in 30 seconds, try to summarize the entire musical. <laughs> Are you guys ready? I'm going to hit the spin button. Oh, God. I'm ready. Ready. It's spinning. Who's it going to be? I really actually hope it does not land on me. But who's, who's it going to be? Oh, it landed on me. <laughs> ah! Oh. Fuck. Okay. Somebody else do the timer. Okay, um, it's called the stopwatch. We, we wanted to do the spinner on the air because we didn't want anybody to prepare anything, <laughs> which I thought was funny. But now that it's me, I'm like, damn it. <laughs> All right. So wait, did we explain what this is? Julie's going to okay. summarize the whole musical in 30 seconds. That, exactly. Okay. Are you ready? Oh, fuck. Am I? You're going to yes. do this. You're going to crush it, Julie. <laughs> I believe right. in you. When it hits 30 seconds, give me like a really loud like, and maybe David can even put in like a sound effect. Oh, okay. Cool. And go. So Grease the Musical is about a group of high school teenagers in the 19, specifically in the year 1959. Um, and their high school adventure specifically focusing on a subculture called like greasers, which were like biker dudes, even though I don't think any of them really ride motorcycles. Um, and it's about a love story between Danny and Sandy that you guys are probably familiar with. It's classic you know, love story and their trials and tribulations of their teenage pregnancy and drinking and, and sex and stuff like that. Yeah. And it was a good, <laughs> I tried Beep. really hard. You know because it's 30 seconds. I almost feel like all three of us could try to do it. <laughs> anyway, like, Well, I feel like if we did, we would have to record it separately, like, like not on air. Cause otherwise we would just like, it would make it easy for the next person. Honestly, I'm so drunk that I was only fixated on my timer and I didn't listen to anything <laughs> that you said. I think well, she did really good. Thank you. Did you. Really, yeah. Yeah. I tried to hit as many of the key points as possible. You really like set up the universe. I, I really appreciated how you focused on the context and the, the scene. You're setting the scene. Yeah, yeah, no, you did great. Yeah. And like, I feel like the only thing I would have done differently, and this is the only part I actually paid attention to, is I would have said, like, this is a story about 10 teenagers, but they're actually full-grown adults that we <laughs> believed were teenagers when we were children watching the movie. <laughs> yeah, I thought True. that, like, that like John Travolta... No, sorry, I guess Olivia Newton-John in Greece was what I would look like <laughs> as a 17-year-old. Yeah. False. I uh, did not... And actually, we just saw Jenny... As a 19-year-old in this show, which she'll talk about later. Um, and she does, also does not look like Olivia Newton-John. She oh. looks like a full-on baby. Yeah. <laughs> looks the way, like, Sandy is supposed to look. Yeah. yeah. I like, did you look were, I was you were such very a baby. Close in age. Yeah. Wait, who's the guy in the movie who has to eat the cigarette? The- uh, was it Sonny or is it Kaniki? I think it's Kaniki. I don't know Sonny it is Sonny. One that, like, I feel like when I was a kid and I was watching it, I was just like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> How many years did they hold this guy back? How many? I feel like I feel like w- watching the movie as a child. Um, I always would like. I, I did this with a lot of movies. I would like say what role I would play, like what role I assumed I would play. So I think when we all do our personal experiences with the show, we should all do that. Oh yeah, okay, like as a child when we watch the movie because the movie exists. I am. Yeah, no, I'm here for it. Sorry. So, <laughs> let's talk about some notable, like the history of the show. Yes. Thank you so much for your summary it was fantastic. thank you and we look forward to future segments of uh summaries yeah. of the show they're not always going to be 30 seconds sometimes they're going to be what? a little bit different 
It was, so we know it's set in 1959, but it was first performed in 1971 at the Kingston Mines nightclub in Chicago, and that was demolished. Did they demolish it after Greece because they knew that nothing better would ever Greece Yeah, they were like, fuck, we're done here. (laughs) Greece is the pinnacle. Um, We'll we'll never beat this. We should just give up. Has anyone actually ever gone to Chicago and seen a show here? Mm -hmm. I've never seen a show in Chicago. I was only there for like a weekend for a bachelorette. I've never been. I've, Chicago's one of my favorite cities and their theater scene, it's lit, y'all. We should do a um, girls' that weekend. That shit is um, lit. That shit is lit. Enoch. When we can like, yeah, yeah, this shit is lit, Enoch. When, <laughs> when when coronavirus is a thing of the past, we should do like a girls' trip yes. to Chicago. Uh, yes. I used to travel to these conferences for EDTA when I taught theater, and they sent us to Chicago one year, and it was amazing. I'm too drunk to remember what I saw, but I'll share it later, maybe. Um, okay, so from there, they, they it was premiered in 1971 in Chicago. We all know it's been so successful on stage and on screen, but the original production is not the same as the production that we see now. It's been diluted um, because I think they thought that the original was just like too crass for the time. Especially like in 1971. I mean, it like it is crass. It is, yeah. So like. They, they actually kind of like toned it down a little bit, even though it still has its moments. Um, well, and then even student editions nowadays, it gets toned down even more. Like they mm-hmm. completely remove the Rizzo pregnancy plot yeah. line. Like they remove, like they remove a lot of stuff. When I was doing research, I was actually looking at the, like when I was going through, they were like, Oh, and this is what high schools are doing. <laughs> I, I actually, I read a couple scripts. Because I wanted to scroll through some scripts to get like a better idea because I haven't seen it live too many times. Um, And one of the scripts is the student edition. And I was reading some of the scenes and I was like, this scene like barely makes sense because they removed so much stuff. Like it's crazy. So like the original show premiered in Chicago, but like the like it was implied that the the characters were from Chicago. Um, And they had like some like Polish American, Italian American characters, but then they have since toned that down to make it more generic. Um, and it closed in 1980. So that's like a solid nine years, um, which is crazy. Isn't Rydell High based on, I think Rydell High is specifically based on what is it? William Taft High School. It's based on an actual high school in Chicago, just because you mentioned that made me remember it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was revived in 1994 and in 2007. Um, and as of right now, it is Broadway's 16th longest running show. Wow. That's pretty good. You don't wow. say. Well, I'm sure everybody is familiar with the film version of Grease. Yeah. If somebody saw the stage show perform the film, I would be really surprised. I Same. Yes. So um, the the feature film was, it was brought to film after the musical had been written and performed already in 1978. They filmed it and they changed several things. So if you're only familiar with the movie, what we're going to be talking about in the stage version may be new to you. It might be not be familiar. They added some new songs. They took some songs out. They added different plot elements and played, played around with some characters. Um, and so 
the revisions that they made to the movie, in my opinion, helped <laughs> make it so, more palatable. I, say, yep. I feel like if, if, if the movie, if the original Grease movie didn't exist, right, and we mm-hmm. just had Grease the musical, if they made a movie nowadays and they made it like they did the 1978 Grease, it would get ripped because theater fans nowadays, if you change one thing about a mm-hmm. stage show in a movie, they like fucking riot. And yeah. they are the and- worst. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, I mean, and you know, what? and I like I I do it too. I mean, I like to think I'm very very. I try to be really reasonable about film adaptations mm-hmm. um, versus like some other people I know who are like really really intense about things. But yeah, this changed so much. Like, you think you know Greece? Mm-hmm. Please continue listening to this podcast because like you don't. Right, there's so much shit. It is so different. Mm-hmm. But like, they they streamlined the story, which you have to do for a screen. And they were like, this is Danny and Sandy's story. We're going to make it their story and focus on them and remove extraneous shit that people don't care about. But a lot of the songs are still in the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, they just are like playing in the background in the movie. Right. It's, yeah, yeah. No, it's so true. I think it's, it was a good changes. All I, good changes. I'd like to um, ask you ladies, mm-hmm. how old were you when you first saw the movie Grease? Or how um, old do you think you were about? I don't know. I'm going to say maybe or maybe a tween, maybe my tween years. I was going to say probably the same way. For some reason, an early memory I have is like, for, I feel like it was, I feel like I got the movie or maybe the soundtrack um, for Christmas one year. And I distinctly remember watching the movie in my parents' basement. And you know how like you have smells that are associated with memories? Mm-hmm. My smell is that like cherry chapstick that every little girl yeah. had. So I think I had also just gotten like a thing of that for like Christmas or whatever. Cause I distinctly remember like the smell of cherry chapstick and like fucking listening to the sound, but listening to the soundtrack of Grace. So I listened to the soundtrack of the movie nonstop, which is how when I saw the musical later in life, I was like, Oh, I didn't know this was in the musical. I thought they just like wrote it for the movie as like background music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's crazy. Actually, like I, I have like extremely fond memories of watching the movie. And like, I, I felt like I wanted to really talk about it. Like when I was in seventh grade, um, I had this friend, Teresa, and I, I grew up in a like very poor neighborhood or maybe not very poor, but like, it wasn't great. Shit wasn't lit, you know, like (laughs) it was tough, but like I had this one friend and the first time I met her, I was like, whoa. Because they actually, in their neighborhood, knocked down their home and rebuilt it into this beautiful, like, two-storied home. And, like, they'd have, like, salmon for dinner, which was, like, really weird for me. So fancy. Coming from where I came from. And I remember going to sleepovers and just, like, wanting to be in her house all the time. Because I was like, what even is this place? So I remember one night she was like, hey we're going to watch this movie. And I remember like at that moment, I don't know what it was about this time, but it was like Greece got so hot after we watched this movie and we would go to like CYO dances at our school and like they would play Grease Lightning and they would play Summer Nights and it was so popular. And I just remember like having these sleepovers at this girl's house um, and doing like the Grease Lightning dance mm-hmm. on her couch and like screaming on top of our lungs and it was like like i always knew that i loved theater but like as a kid like i never had opportunities to go see theater because it just 
like like I never got out of where I was. And it was like so special to me that I had this experience as a kid, even just watching the movie. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's just like I feel like the movie, even though we're going to talk about the musical, is probably important to all of us. For sure. Especially Grease 2, which we'll oh. talk about later. Don't oh, worry. Yes. I was definitely going to bring up Grease to it at some point, <laughs> not for like a huge tangent. But um, I think this actually segues really well into one of our next um, notable performances, which is in 2016. It was um, one of the, I forget if it was NBC or Fox, but it was one of like the live musicals. And uh, it, from what I remember, um, a lot of people like view that as like one of their all time favorite live showings. It was directed by Tommy Kale, who's the same guy who directed Hamilton. And the costumes were William Ivy Long, who is a very, you know, renowned uh, costume designer. And the cast was amazing. And mm-hmm. I rewatched I it, it today and I loved it. I, 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 I saw it back when it aired, but it was so good. The, the cinematography was fantastic. And Grease is one of those shows that like, and we kind of mentioned this already, like, especially I think the movie kind of paved the, the way for this because the movie like took the plot, distilled it for film, added songs, changed songs. You can't think of Grease without Hopelessly Devoted to you. Right. you know? And it wasn't even originally in the musical. It's been mm-hmm. added in later revivals because if you do a production of Grease and you don't have that song in it, people are going to leave and be like, why the fuck didn't they sing Hopelessly Devoted? Yep. You know? And so the 2016 specifically was kind of an amalgam. It was a live production and it had a lot of the musical, but they actually took a lot of the film elements and they incorporated them. Like there's the scene with Rizzo and Kaniki in the car. Like that's not in the musical. They did the car chase like they do in the movie. The car chase is not in the musical, mm-hmm. but they have a lot of scenes from the musical, like a lot of the musical numbers like Freddie, my love and mooning and mm-hmm. it's raining on prom night that they don't have in the movie. So I think it's a really good amount. Plus like, I don't want to get in the weeds with this because like we're drunk and this is supposed to be comedy, but like, Grease is cringy. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of cringy things in it because yeah. it's in the 1950s and shit wasn't lit. I always go by like hashtag like vintage values, you know, or sorry, yeah. me, vintage, vintage. What is it? Vintage style, not vintage values. So mm-hmm. like you can like the style, the aesthetic, but like that doesn't mean I agree with the fact that like they were de- right. That was definitely like a segregated high school. You know what I mean? Right. So like, and there's cringy things in it, which we'll talk about when we get to the moment. Um, but what I think the 2016 production did really well was they kind of addressed and adjusted a lot of those things. Like they had a really cool multicultural cast that they never addressed. They were just like, yeah, it's 1959 and we're just pretending like everyone, like all races and genders would have been here at the same time. They did a couple things with Danny's character that I don't think ruined his character in any way, but they made him a lot less cringy towards Sandy, which shows up mm-hmm. in the musical. So that's nice. I highly, I'm just saying all this and we can cut some of it if we need to. I highly recommend the 2016 version because mm-hmm. I think it, I think it updates Greece in a really cool way. Whereas Greece in its organic form, I still think is really, really fun and really, really cool. But like you do have to acknowledge it's one of those shows that kind of exists in a time capsule. Yeah. And you have to make sure you're not looking at it like this is how things are supposed to be. You're like, no, this is how things were in this time period. And I can still enjoy this. But, like, we're not taking life lessons from this show. Yeah. We're okay. Agreed. Yeah. And it's, and it's funny because it they, the original movie was done in 1978, and they waited four years to do the sequel, which, like, that has nothing to do with what you were talking about. Sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> but, like, it was a great segue, though. I was buying yeah, it. Was. They, still used, <laughs> they still used, like, some of, like, didn't they use the same, some of the actors from the original? Only yeah. one that I, oh, no, I Frenchie think it was. Frenchie was in it. 
It right? was Frenchie was in it and um Mrs. um the the principal. I'm I yeah. on her name. But she was in it. But yeah, Fr- Frenchie that that was that was like the tide of the original. Frenchie was like, I'm yeah. redoing senior year because I dropped right. out to go to beauty school. And it was She's like, why is nobody else beauty school, drop out. school previously yeah. here um, now? But anyway, I'm not gonna go off on a tangent because I love Grease too, but I'm just here to say that Grease Two is one of the uh, top 10 films ever created of all time and definitely the best movie musical sequel of all time and Michelle Pfeiffer is a treasure in every song and that <sighs> musical is a bop she okay. is like who I like Maxwell I know Caulfield I is all I'm gonna say I can't aspire to be Michelle Pfeiffer yes. I can't I'm can we so do old. an episode on Grease too? Sure, because so because it's not because it's a musical movie. It was never on stage, so I don't know if it falls within our parameters. Oh, like, whatever. I we, love. We it make our own so parameters, much, and it's so good. Can you imagine if they like made Grease two a musical? I would be in it. I would. I would. I would be that girl who auditioned to be Quasimodo for free across the country. <laughs> I think we cut that from the previous episodes. I don't think anyone's going to get that joke. Oh, but I would travel for free. To, rather, I'm sorry. I would travel for no pay to yeah. be Grease to the stage musical. Did you know the girl who plays Paulette is Lorna Luft, aka uh, Liza Minnelli's half sister, one of Judy Garland's daughters? That's so fun. Anyway, um, go watch. Fuck this podcast. Go watch Grease Two right now. If you have an Amazon Prime yeah, subscription, it's part of the subscription. It's so good, and the music's great. And I'm sorry, I need to stop now because the whole podcast yeah. is going to turn to Grease Two. So, like, I just thought it was important to mention that when they revived the show, there were some notable people. Yeah, um, Brooke Shields and Rosie O'Donnell both played Rizzo. I don't know if I would buy Rosie O'Donnell's Rizzo, but it was obviously a long time ago when she was younger, and I can't judge it since I never saw it. But no, I'm here for it. Hunter Foster played Roger. Oh my God, Jenny's best friend Hunter. Yeah. Oh, she didn't have her headphones on. We were talking about Hunter Foster again. Oh yeah, my my good friend Hunter. (laughs) Yep. Um, Billy Porter played the Teen Angel, and I only read the names of the people that I would love to see that. Boys to oh, Men wait, no, who played so- the angel in the 2016 yeah. version. So, like, some pretty notable performers. Here. Oh, Megan Mullally. Yes. Yes. I love Megan Mullally. She played Marty. I think it was the same production that um, fucking, what's her face? Rosie O'Donnell was in. But mm-hmm. also, I can totally see Rosie O'Donnell as a Rizzo, and I like it because, like, I, I don't know what she was like at that time, but, like, hey, she's, like, mouthy and, like, mm-hmm. Rizzo's a weird character because she's very sexy, but she's also kind of like a bra girl. Yeah. You know, yeah. like she's, she's a very unique character. So that's, that's what true. I'm saying. I don't know that I, I would necessarily, it. if you were asking me to cast Rizzo, Rosie O'Donnell would not be the first person who pops into my head. No. But I'm I'd be interested first. to see it. I'd be curious to see it. You know, I, I, I agree now as you talk about it. Um, yeah. no, I'm like totally here for it. And I'm totally here for like casting outside of a look too. True. Before we move on to legacy uh, or our personal experiences, speaking of different productions of this, did either of you watch the MTV reality series casting the Grease revival on Broadway? Oh my god, why is that? That sounds... Wait, what year was that? Oh gosh, I don't know. I thought you were going to bring up the Disney Plus Encores TV show because they did an episode on the They sure did, but I, I don't know if I'm making this up, but I'm fairly certain this happened. There was a reality show, just like the Legally Blonde show, 
and they were casting Grease, and Laura Osnes yes won the comp won the competition, quote unquote, that makes to play so Sandy. Much sense. Yeah, and that was like her start this in no Broadway. Way. Yeah. Good job, Laura Osnes. Who yeah. you know you know you've made it when if you got your break in the system on a reality TV show, and people barely remember that. Mm-hmm. Also, we should mention real quick that Glee. We're not mm. going to talk about it at all. But Glee had like an episode where they did Grease. They but did. we don't have, let's not mention it. It was in the <laughs> bad years. All right. So let's talk about our personal experiences with the show. I feel like Jenny has the most. Do you want to go first or last? What Jenny, do you want to go first or last with personal experience? Doesn't matter. Like, do you want me to start? I can just be like super quick. I yeah, because mine's gonna be quick. Yeah, why don't you go last? Because me and Rosanna are gonna be super quick. We go have for it. Um, Take it away. So super quick, I already exp- like explained my personal experience with like falling in love with the show when I was 13 years old with that rich person, Teresa. Um, and like, it's always just kind of stuck with me. And I remember sitting and watching the movie on her couch and saying to myself, I'm going to love this until I die. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about our personal experiences with the show. Um so I have a cat meowing here. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm here. Bella. Grease is the word. Anyway, so um, I already kind of explained a little bit about my background experience with the show um, when I was a kid at 13 um, with my rich friend, Teresa. But I know that when I watched it, I was just like, I'm going to love this until the day I die. And it's gonna stick with me, all those dances of doing Grease Lightning and like singing on top of my lungs. Yes, and the hand jive, the fucking hand jive. <laughs> I, like that shit will stick with me forever. So like when thinking about the character that I would play, I know that like at 13, I wasn't thinking about this character that I would play her. And actually I was probably like a little afraid of her at 13, but like as I got older, Rizzo, totally resonates with me um and like mainly because like she's in my vocal sweet range spot no she's got the best song in the show she really does and also like i can sing that shit so yes and maybe when i was in my 20s like i could pull off a sandy i'm not uh, like I, I can't pull off a rizzo now but like I definitely think Rizzo's my my lady. I mean, if Stockard Channing could do it for the movie, you could 100% right? still play Rizzo. Yeah, yeah I agree. agree. Hard right. agree. That's me. Um, so for me, um, I uh, I saw the movie as like a preteen. We kind of discussed a little earlier. Like I, So I always loved the movie growing up. And I loved listening to the soundtrack. Like I said, I was very familiar with those songs that I didn't realize were in the musical. Um, uh, a high school in my district did this show when I was in school so I went to go see it um, so I have seen it live but just at that one high school and it's been like 15 years between 10 and 15 years so it's been it's been quite some time um, other than that I've just um, I haven't really seen it professionally anywhere I watched the I think I kind of mentioned this earlier there's this TV show on uh, Encore, or excuse me on um, Disney Plus called Encores which if you've never watched it, I highly recommend it. It's really, really cool. It's Kristen Bell is the host. And I love it. It's so good. And mm-hmm. I realized recently I never actually finished it. There's still like two episodes I didn't watch. Girl, and so, like, do it. 
It's like a little treat that I forgot. And I was just like, oh, I have two more episodes to watch. For those of you who are familiar, very briefly, it's a t- TV show on Disney Plus where they um, they reunite casts of High School Musicals. Um, and they do it from like 30 years ago, 20 years ago, five years ago, whatever. Like they're always in age ranges. And they don't usually get back the whole cast. They get back a few. And like sometimes they shuffle up the parts. Sometimes they don't. But And they just play them as adults and you kind of just get to redo your high school musical mm-hmm. and it it's a really really cool concept and i really hope it continues it was really i would i just want to be on it i know i want to be on it but here's the thing i was never a lead so i know that like if they did it for my high school like i wouldn't be one of the people who got invited mm-hmm. back <laughs> especially as a girl because i'm sure they would have plenty of girls but anyway it's it's really cool so if you ever watch it that's my like plug for it and especially they have a really fun the the, the high school that did um grease was that was a really fun episode but yeah anyway and then my thing uh when i was a little girl i was like the i was a fat kid and so when i watched the movie i was always like oh if i was in this show i'd be jan (laughs) (laughs) because she's the character who i feel like sometimes she's played plus size sometimes she's not but um her lines reference that like she's she's like monitoring what she eats i think a great sandy voice oh thank you i I think if I was a little younger at this point, I mean, I I probably would have been too shy to go out for ingenue roles, especially because I'm a character actress to begin with. So I feel like, but but some of the other roles that I think are more fun, like like Rizzo and Marty, are a little sexier than I normally play. Um, so I do think Jan is still kind of my wheelhouse. I think I do have a little bit of like good girl baby face. So maybe a younger Julie could pull off Sandy. I don't know if I could do it nowadays. Um, but I think I'd be a, I think I think this show would be really really fun and if I get the opportunity to do it one day I think it'd be really cool if if there's an opportunity to do it like if COVID doesn't fuck things over too much more than it already did if there's an opportunity to do it in the next like couple years and depending on the age range who ends up getting cast I, I would I would totally audition for it because unfortunately I think if I get too much older before an opportunity pops up I don't really feel like playing like the principal mm-hmm. or anything like that like you know eh, I just want mm-hmm. I, I think, think it'd be a good a Patty show. Simcox too I would also yeah. play Marty I needed to put that out there oh you would be you'd a fantastic be a great Marty. Marty you'd be so good <laughs> yep oh she is such a funny character and you would kill Freddie mm-hmm. my love oh my yep. god You'd be so good. Yeah, that's the only shitty part about playing Jan is she doesn't really have a song. No. She just kind of like sings Mooning with, uh, with uh, is it not Duty? Um, what's his face? Roger? Roger. And his nickname is Rump. That's his whole thing. <laughs> yeah, Roger. Anyway, Jenny, tell us about uh, your experience with this because you have the most of any of us. It's true. That is because I've done the show twice. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So I played Frenchie. And when I was in high school in my local, I, was, I did this youth theater program every summer. Um, so I played Frenchie in that production. And then in college, I had the chance to do it again at a community theater in the town where my college was because a friend of mine was directing it. And I auditioned for him thinking, oh, I'll just play Frenchie again because that's kind of my type. I do a lot of those kind of Cupid doll girly roles and instead he had me sing for sandy and i was like are you sure about this and um yeah he cast me as sandy so i got to do the show again uh i was thinking about this earlier today i i think between 
the number of performances I've done of the show and probably like full run through rehearsals, I've probably done Grease over 40 times. Oh my God. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yep. Dude, when, 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 when we were talking about the podcast and Jenny was like, oh, I was in it twice. And I was like, oh, what role? And I was already typing like, I could see you as Sandy or Frenchie. Yeah. <laughs> Frenchie is such a fun role too. It, it kind of sucks that she's one of the side characters who also doesn't get a song. I know. It just Unless feels wrong. Watched, they gave her one in the 2016 version with Carly Rae Jepsen. But mm-hmm. I got to be honest, that song sucks. Mm. <laughs> it's Okay. It's not a bad song inherently, but it's one of those songs where it's just like, this does not fit at all. It's like that song from the Aladdin live action that they gave to Jasmine. Yeah. Where it was like, it's a really good song, but like, it doesn't sound like any other song in the show. Like, I feel like they could have done better at giving it a doo-wop sound so it would fit in a little better because she's Mm -hmm. great and I could see why they wanted to give her a song because she's Carly Rae Jepsen. Right. And Frenchie's one of the few people who doesn't have one. Who should have one. She totally should. She I really should. I the idea of giving her a song like Looking for an Angel before Beauty School Dropout was a really cool idea. I just mm-hmm. wish they'd done a better job of like writing a song for it. Agreed. You know? Yep. Well, I, I had a lot of fun playing Frenchie. Um, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, had a, I was a teenager and I had seen Grease the movie many 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 times before that um because I was a young theater geek so of course I loved the show and I was like ecstatic that I got to perform it this theater we the show ran for like three weeks so it was a lot (laughs) but I had a really good time and I remember my wig you know Frenchie dyes her hair and she messes it up and in the movie she dyes her hair pink and it's a thing um so you're expecting yeah, you're expecting to see Frenchie with pink hair. In this production, for some reason, I didn't get a pink wig. I had a neon green wig. Oh, yes. I know. Nice. So I just, my memory that sticks out is that I had, like, neon green hair for one number. But <laughs> That sucks. It was, yeah, I know. It was weird. But I had the most fun doing the second showing because I was in college and a whole bunch of my friends from my theater program were in the show with me. So it was just like, hey, you get to do Greece with a bunch of your best friends and just run around and be silly and sing, you know, all these crazy numbers together. And it, we just had such a good time. Oh, my God. We should do Greece And, like, you can play Sandy and I'll play Jan and Roseanne can Rizzo. play Rizzo. Yes. Yes. That would be amazing. I'm, I'm definitely not a Rizzo type, but I, to be honest, I would have loved to play Rizzo once because everybody knows she's the meatiest role. No, and, and she's got the best song. Yeah, I, think, she does. I, I, I forget if you had your headphones in when I said this. She's got the best song she in does. the whole show. Oh, yeah. yeah. When I did it the second time, <laughs> this was tough. The girl who played Rizzo in our production, I don't know why. I think it was a speech thing. But every time she would sing the song, she would say, There are worst things I could do. Ooh. Oh, no. Maybe she was German. I don't know. I'm about the, she could have been. To, WAP to see if we can do a version. Oh, my God. Of, um, there are worse things I could do. There are worse things I could do. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I dyed my hair blonde for this show. That's amazing. That I wish blonde. John had let you dye your hair black for Hunchback. I do too. I offered. Yeah. And it's funny, the summer I did this show, I had just finished doing The King and I. And this was in the early... This was, what, the year 2000, I think? And uh, so... 
not quite as sensitive as we would have been today in this scenario in college. They cast me to play Top Tim, who is Southeast Asian. Ooh, Ooh. awkward. So uh, I yeah, basically I dyed my hair black. probably show that colleges shouldn't do. Yeah, no, probably not. Wouldn't Unless they today. know for a fact they have an Asian population. Yeah, exactly. We had a couple <laughs> Asian people in the show. For the most part, it was white people. Ooh. I thought I you were going to say you played Anna, and I was going to be like, that's a great role for you. You'd be so good at that. Thank you. I would love to play Anna today, but in college, I was like the lyrical soprano of my college department. So I feel like playing Anna at this point for you would be so hard. And not, sorry, to clarify, just because... Like, it would have to be a community theater production based on, mm-hmm. like, your life and, like, what you're doing. Yep. And I don't trust a community theater in the area that we live in to accurately cast Asian Americans. No. Yeah. I think Anna would be a great part for me, but I fantastic. seriously doubt anybody around here is going to be doing the K&I. <laughs> well, anyway. So, the legacy of the show, yeah. obviously, kind of speaks for itself because of how much we've talked about, like, how ingrained it is in, like, a theater kid's childhood. It's, yeah. it's probably one of the earliest... Which I find really ironic considering the movie was rated R when it came out because at the time it came out it addressed things like teen pregnancy and things like that which were like really taboo. Um, so when you find out later in life that Grease was rated R it's kind of laughable because like based on what we consider rated R nowadays it's like hilarious. But either way at the time the uh, the fit the excuse me the Broadway production in 1972. It won a couple Drama Desk Awards for like choreography and costume design with uh, Patricia Birch and Carrie Robbins, uh, respectively. And the Theater World Award went for Adrian Barbow. Um, and it was nominated for several Tonys. It did not win any. Um, I haven't looked up what else was running that year for it to compete against. I'm shocked. Um, but, you know, it's a it's a pretty it's straightforward a show. I'm not, like, overly surprised it didn't no. win anything. I was only surprised if it didn't win if, like, every other show that year, like, kind of was pretty shitty. Um, but I think the legacy speaks for itself. It's one of those shows yeah. where, like, it wasn't an award winner, but, like, it informs a lot of things. It was one of the only shows at the time that was showing a hard-hitting look at working class, like, middle class, like, high school students in mm-hmm. the 50s. And, like, this the shit that they went through and yeah parts of it are crass and parts of it are cringy you know because things in the past were cringy i mean things nowadays are cringy you know and they shouldn't exist in a bubble um but you can't meet anybody who doesn't know greece nowadays so i think the legacy at the end of the day um truly does speak for itself and it's a fantastic show and i'm really excited to break down the plot with everybody um i love that that barry bostwick was (laughs) nominated for um, best per, um, leading actor in a musical because he was also Brad in Rocky Horror. True. Oh, fun. I'm guessing, yeah. did he play Danny? I can't, I tried to look it up and Is I'm, he, maybe Kanicki. I think Oh, sure. yeah. Kanicki has a much bigger role than the movie would lead you to yeah. appear. Mm-hmm. Like, Grease Lightning is Kanicki's song. Like, Danny does not take the lead on that number in most musical productions. It's supposed to be Kanicki. It's true. But they gave it to Danny for the movie because they had fucking John Travolta. So why wouldn't you? Right. And then the movie is, like, the number one thing people equate it with. So, like, if you go to the, if you go to the show and you don't see Danny Zuko starting off Grease Lightning, you're like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Yeah, for true. I think for he true. Was, for true. For true. So, are we ready to get to the fun part, y'all? I'm yeah, ready to. I'm ready to hit the bathroom and refresh my drink, and then I think we're ready to get to the fun part, everybody. So, yeah. So, refresh your drinks. Um, you know, have a small break if you need to. Enjoy the 
enjoyable music that's going to be happening. In and the remember, Grease is the word. The oh, word. Grease. Wait, whoa, I'll keep, I'll play it again. Shit's happening. We'll see you back here in a few. Thank you for uh, not turning this off. Yeah. Uh, joining us at what we hope will be the fun part, as we label it, which uh-huh. is when uh, we do our best to relay to you the plot of said show. Um, now, I am up first. This is Julie uh, with the beginning of Act One. And so the first Hi, thing Julie. I want to stress is that. Thank you. <laughs> first thing I want to clear, well, stress, clarify, whatever, is this is a show that has been taken. Um, out of order a lot of different times. Yeah. Um, so our synopsis, we're, we're gonna do the best we can to try to give you guys clarifications of kind of how most versions do it. Um, but it might be a little different than what you're familiar with. We're, we're doing our best here. If it's not your exact version, you know, sorry, not sorry. So allegedly- yeah, like, just, like hang in there. Like, yeah, just believe can... in us, please, please. Like, believe for... in what your heart is saying. <laughs> Yeah, hear the melody that's playing. <laughs> I feel that dangly thing in the back of my throat. <laughs> so okay, so for so so anyway, there may be times where we reference like a song that sometimes takes place in different parts in the show, and that's okay. I think this is a show that's really malleable, and this show has adapted really well to different um, formats of organization. So anyway, so the show obviously. Um, starts at some point so obviously the beginning is already up for grabs so one of the original stage productions um started this at like a class reunion Hmm. where like miss lynch who is like the english teacher um uh who introduces patty simcox um uh who is who is the cheerleader and yearbook editor and valedictorian eugene florzik which i thought he had a different name a person uh, in different version. Oh, sorry. I was thinking of Tangled because in Tangled his name is Eugene Fitzgerald. And he's so hot. Oh my god. <laughs> so anyway, like um, the hottest cartoon ever. Allegedly, in some versions, this is this whole show is told in a flashback where they start at a reunion. To be perfectly frank, I've never seen it done that way in my entire life. Um, the movie obviously does not way. start. You've been in it that way. Yep. Okay. Maybe the high school I saw it at did it that way, and I don't remember it. But um, so they, they, now that being said, some shows also started off with the title song called Grease, which, correct me if I'm wrong, was written for the film. It was not originally in the 1972, it was not a part of the 1972 production. Um, so the song from 1978, Grease, which you will recognize from the opening credits of the film, um, if a revival or a production chooses to include it in their stage show, they usually include it in the beginning. They'll just introduce all the characters by like having them all sing this song, Grease. Um, but either way, some productions uh, start off with this like flashback sequence, basically where they're like, hey, it's our reunion. And they give like a really weird, vague speech about like, oh, there are alumni who aren't here, but like, I'm sure they're here in spirit, which 
I guess it's maybe supposed to mean that like all the cool people we're about to talk about decided they were too cool to come to the reunion. Unless there's like a really tragic like later Greece we never got where like they all tragically died for some reason. <laughs> but anyway. There, there was an unfortunate plane accident. Mm. Or like a weird fire where like because they use so much hair products they just all oh, yeah, that's good. blew up. They all I got think blown that could be up. possible. Yep. But like they're basically talking about like oh the past like oh wasn't it great everything was fine in the past until we flash back to the past and nine times out of ten this is what we feel more familiar with which is just starting in the past like that's how the film does it and so it pops back into um, 1959 in high school so we meet uh, the pink ladies who are like Rizzo Jan, Marty and Frenchie and they're called the pink ladies I don't know if it's because they wear these pink jackets but they have these pink jackets that say pink ladies on the back and the boys, I was surprised to learn this because I was familiar with the film. The boys wear the leather jackets that say T-Birds, but apparently in earlier iterations, they were known as the Burger Palace Boys, which I find very interesting. The Burger Palace is like the 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 burger joint, like the, what's the, the soda shop? Is that what they called them in the 50s? Mm-hmm. That was like the spot where like they all hang out and they go there several times in the movies. Um, so they have the boy groups and the girl groups. So... In the stage production, they sing like a parody version of the Rydell High alma mater that was just sung previously at like the reunion, which I know that song and now I'm spacing on it because all I can think of is the song from Wicked. <laughs> oh, old shiz. I can only no. think of Dear Old Shiz. The, oh my the alma mater parody is about how they all get like STDs from the bathroom at Rydell. Yeah. Well, and I'm trying to remember the actual alma mater. What's the alma mater? How does it go, Jenny? I'm oh, based on it. I just remember the part where they're like, um, and if you gotta use the toilet, and later on you start to scratch oh, like as hell. I go traveling down yes. nice highway. That's what it was. I couldn't think of the melody. So and they sang alma mater. And then when we go back in time and we meet like the cool kids, the T-Birds, Burger Palace Boys, and the Pink Ladies, they sing like a parody of it basically showing like, we're going to show you like the cool, crass, kind of greaser underbelly side of what you think of when you think of the 1950s. Because mm. when you think of the 1950s, you think of like poodle skirts and like clean cut boys. And they're like, we're going to show you like the cool kids. So it's the first day of high school. And it's fall 1958, because they're the graduating class of 1959. And the pink ladies are in the lunchroom, and the, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just going to call them the T-Birds, because, like, that's what everybody calls them. And I get oh, yeah. on the straight face, say Burger Palace Boys. <laughs> so the, 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 the pink ladies are, like, lamenting. They're like, oh, man, I can't believe school again. Oh, oh why are we here? Ah, oh, school. Hey. I'm, wearing, I'm wearing a pencil skirt, because it's 1959. And so they're just like, this is a moment for us to like meet the characters. They, you kind of get an idea of like who they are. Um, you meet the T-Birds a little bit. They're like chauvinistic guys of the 1950s. Those guys who like, everything's fine because boys will be boys. Oh. Um, so eventually Frenchie shows up with her new friend, Sandy Dombrowski. Now, for those of you who only know the film, Sandy is not originally written as Australian. They did that because Olivia Newton-John is Australian. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they had the whole plot line of like, I thought your family was going back to Australia. In real life, Sandy, or excuse me, not in real life, in the original production, Sandy was just American. It just so happened she was uh, supposed to be going to a different school. And she actually makes a joke, which I don't think it's supposed to be a reference because I didn't do any research on this, but it made me giggle. Um, 
they were she shows up and she was like hi like oh i'm sandy frenchie's like yeah this is the new girl we should be friends with her even though they were like the cool girls um and they're like oh sandy like what brings you to Rydell high and she was like i was supposed to be going to like this fancy like prep school immaculata but like my dad got into like a huge fight with the mother superior because she didn't like my patent leather shoes and they were like why and she's like, because boys can see up your skirt in the reflection. <laughs> and for those of you who are theater fans, you may or may not know this. There's a show called Do Black Patent Leather Shoes Really Reflect Up, which is about like Catholic school. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great show, by the way. We should do it. We should do it. It's a great show. I've got some things with it, but we'll do we'll, we'll do an episode on it in the future and we'll talk about it. And Roseanne, you and I can talk about it off the air. Because I love yes. it. I think, I think it's a lot of fun. I, um, I agree. But anyway, I'm not sure if it's a reference to that because I don't know when that show came out, but I thought that was funny because at the very least that show is based on that concept that if your shoes are really shiny as a girl, boys could technically see the reflection of your skirt in your shoes, which is so fucking stupid. But yeah. also like, fuck all that shit. Yeah, it's so stupid. But anyway, so she meet, so she, she was rejected from Catholic school at the end of the day. So she meets Marty, Jan, and Rizzo as well. Um, and they're just chatting. Patty Simcox shows up at some point and gushes about how she's up for like specifically class vice president, which I think is really funny. It's not even like president; it's like vice president. Um, Random. And it just, it just makes it very clear that like these are the girls who are like too cool to care about anything. These are the girls in your school who are super cool, but like caring about things is dumb. So they start questioning Sandy, trying to get to know her, especially Rizzo, kind of trying to tear her down a little bit. And she ends up talking about, um, like, how she spent her summer. And specifically, there was a boy that she met. And they're like, oh, well, tell us about this boy, you know, because, like, they want to know about the shit. And she's a little vague, which basically says that, like, you know, she really cared about him. They had, like, a little bit of a love affair. But, like, at the end of the day... You know, she was going to her Catholic school. He was going to a, a different private boarding school. They weren't going to see each other. And it was a little bit of a bummer. We then pop over to the boys, who I feel like we've seen. They kind of pop back and forth a little bit. But it's Danny, um, Kanicki, uh, uh, Roger, Duty, and Sonny. Duty, I think, is the funniest name of them all. <laughs> um, and they're like, Duty. They're all, like, <laughs> talking with each other about, like, their summers, too. Like, Kaniki was, like, working at a warehouse to, like, earn money. And then Danny is like, oh, I was, like, on vacation, like, at the beach. And, of course, they ended up talking about girls. And he was like, well, there was this one girl. Like, she was kind of cool, I guess. And so they end up going into what is arguably one of the most well-known songs in all of musical theater, which is mm-hmm. Summer Nights. Yeah. Yes! And it shows, like, first of all, it's a really cute song. Yeah. Second of all, you kind of have to look back. You have, you have to look, again, you have to remember this show kind of exists a little bit in, like, a time capsule because some of the things the boys especially say are like, a little questionable. Yeah. Yeah. But, but probably definitely fell into the category of boys will be boys in terms of, like, what was acceptable for the 1950s. Um, so you just got to look past that um, if you want to enjoy the show. If you don't, that's fine. You can turn this off right now. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like do, do what you do. Well, because it's also like the girls are asking questions like, was it love at first sight? Does he have a car? And the boys are like, 
Did she put up a fight? Yeah. Did like, she, did you, when you put it in did her she get ass, very far? Yeah. Like, how did her vagina feel? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, when you bent her over and stuck it in her a hole. So, how obviously, did it feel? obviously, you get the understanding that, like, and so again, I kind of wish I could watch this musical not knowing the story because yeah. you know, obviously, through this song, is when you're supposed to learn that they're talking about each other and they happen to be at the same high school. This is when you're learning this. Um, if you don't already know it going in because you've seen the movie a billion times. Um, and so he's singing about it and he's trying to be chill and cool because he's the cool boy. And she doesn't know anybody at the school. She doesn't know Danny's at the school. So she's being very heartfelt and talking about how sweet he was and how nice he was to her and how much he cared about her. And so you clearly get the understanding, ooh, they both had very different... You at least think they had very different experiences or if you take a more modern perspective and do a little bit more like what they did with the 2016 live viewing that like Danny puts on a lot of a front with his friends. And I think I, like, I, I like think that I get that better. from the movie. I like that version a lot better. We'll I talk, do too. We'll talk about it more later. I don't want to get into the semantics of it, but anyway, yeah. so they sing this song and it's an amazing song at the end of the number. They're just like, Oh, blah, blah, blah. They're chatting. And the name Danny Zuko pops up. And this happens differently in like different scripts. I read a couple scripts of this, but I think in general, the pink ladies, one of them says like, oh my gosh, like, could you imagine Danny Zuko? And she's like, oh, that was the name of the guy that oh, I made out last summer. And they're like, oh, really? And so they immediately are like, <laughs> we got to clear up some shit. So they arrange immediately for Danny and Sandy to have each other. And Danny immediately turns into a, like, super cute little boy. Which, to me, if they play this the way in the stage show, like I hope they would, shows immediately that everything he just said was just a total front. And, like, yeah. he's so excited to see her. He's like, oh, my God, Sandy, like, I can't believe it's you. And, like, she's excited to see him. And it's only when he realizes his friends are watching that he starts kind of being a jerk. And he, like, kind of blows her up a little bit. Um, and so she feels super weird about it. And she's just like, oh, gosh, like, uh, you told me you were going to a private academy. And he obviously told her that because he didn't think he would ever see her again, you know, and he wanted to sound smart and cool. But yeah. in the in the musical, the line he says basically is something like he didn't want any attachments. You know, he didn't he he lied because he didn't want her like maybe like to look up where she, where he went to school or whatever. And so she gets like upset because obviously like that's a little weird. He's not acting like the same boy that she met on vacation. And so things are super weird and she's a little upset. And so the pink ladies are there. And even though Rizzo's kind of a bitch because um, she's just she's just Rizzo and she thinks it's fun to rag on people. Um, they invited her over to Marty's that Friday where they're going to be having like a slumber party. So um, shortly after all these teens, they gather in this hall and Judy's just like, yo, look at my guitar, bitch. He's just like, do you see this guitar? And then he plays this song those magic changes. And this song is actually the song that's played um, in the movie, right? It's, I forget where it's played, but it's, it's played, played when, in the, it's in the background. It's, play, it's played in the background. In the background of like when they're at the dance. Something like that. For the hand jive, yeah. And I, it, I personally feel like they 
this song to me feels so random in this spot. It's just an excuse for duty to sing a song. I don't know. Yeah, why. they were just like, we're gonna get this dude a song. Mm-hmm. They used it so good in the 2016 show, though. They used it way later in like a really cool kind of montage scene. And even if you don't watch that, I'm sorry, Roseanne, I don't mean to interrupt you. No, like, I need it. Ju- just for everybody listening before Roseanne continues, if you want to take a quick pause, go listen to Jordan Fisher sing this song. It's good. Because it's fucking amazing and it will change your life. But it doesn't really serve a purpose at this point in the show. It's just for the character singing it to like yeah. and sing this like really cool song. Yeah. Continue, Roseanne. So, like, we're at Marty's pajama party, and the girls are experimenting. Oh, my God. Girls experimenting. Let's shit ourselves. So, um... Every guy just, like, turned up the volume to listen. Yeah, there's... I love hearing about teenage... No. I'm sorry. No. Okay. So, they're experimenting. They have wine at their party. Oh my god, wine and a teenage party. That's oh, a lot. Goodness. Like I'm just like, girls, you just like want to start with something like carbonated to like start this shit off. They got their experimental wine. They were just like, oh wine, this is good. I'm 14. I'm gonna have this wine. They were 17, whatever. And they had their ciggies. And their I pierced- love that they call them ciggies. Yeah, their pierced ears, which I have so many holes in my ears. I don't know about you guys. Oh, I do too. So I only have one per ear, but I had my cartilage pierced on and off. And then I used to work at a piercing pagoda. So when I- What? Yeah, I worked there for a couple months post-college. I love that. So I had my, at the time when I worked there, I had cartilage and I had two holes in each ear. And then I let a new person train on me to pierce three, to pierce my like third hole in each ear. But- I pierced my own ears. I pierced my nose, my own nose once. Shit, girl. It was awful. Guys, you guys are putting these bitches to shame. So, like, Marty's having this, like, lit-ass pajama party. And, like, there's wine there, which is, like, so fucking scandalous. And, like, who doesn't love a good wine? But, like, maybe not at 16. I didn't drink wine at 16. Nope. No, I I drank, like, old granddad. Anyway. (laughs) That's what was in my home. Coca-Cola. (laughs) <laughs> that's good that's good that's good cigarettes which i partake in they got their pierced ears talking about boys and fucking sandy's just like oh god oh you're piercing my ears i'm i'm in sh- i'm shook oh i god. am shook and she just like leaves and the pink ladies kind of like mock her there's like in some revivals the song look at me i'm sandra d is placed here mm-hmm. this was a movie that, or a part of the it was the a film like choice, yeah. look at me i am sandra d that song was in um the movie and like some places decide like hey i'm gonna use this because it's fucking funny well in the original musical it was just it's it's just later in the act right and they right, just right. moved it here for the movie yeah and at this point marty's just like i got this boyfriend and she like whips out this like long like thing of pictures it's hard the one woman you so yeah and she sings about freddie her love freddie my love is the song 
This is such a good song. It is it, so it fun. It is so good. It is so good. I wish I was sexy enough to play Marty because I would love to. Kiki Palmer fucking killed this. Yeah. Yeah. So that same night, like, and, and like, he's in Japan, whatever. She thinks this song. The Burger Palace boys, they are, like, out stealing their hubcaps and shit. And they're unaware that they're stealing hubcaps from Kaneki's card. Grease Lightning. And they're unfazed, and Kaniki's just like, hey, we got to sing this song about my car. And we hear Grease Lightning, which is like a classic, so iconic, like so super. (laughs) I feel like like almost every song in this show, I would just be like, this is the most well-known song in musical theater history. It's not. There's so many. I didn't say yet. It's iconic. It's iconic. If you're playing the Jenny's iconic drinking game, take a drink. <laughs> this is iconic. Iconic. Yeah. So like, we we do grease lightning. It's like magical. Whatever. Like your inner <laughs> child's just like, oh god, cars. But like, I don't like cars. But whatever. And then we're in a completely different scene, and Danny is observing creepy as fuck. Oh my god, I dropped my my shot glass. Ooh. Um, it's really funny see, considering Jenny and I were the ones who were dancing. It's true. Yeah. We're doing the yeah. grease lightning dance and, and the I was, dab. I was dabbing in between. <laughs> That's important. Um, so Danny sees Sandy again because she's at cheerleading practice because Patty Simcox gets to her, but like, we don't know anything about that. And he's just like, yo, I'm fucking sorry. And like, Patty's like, um, hey, Danny. You're like cute as fuck. Hi. <laughs> and then like Patty's just like, hey, track tryouts are coming up. <laughs> Do you want to come out for track? And Danny's like, hey Sandy, um, I just like wanna show you that like I can be a good person. So I'm gonna join the track team because if I'm looking for a guy who's trying to prove himself he runs track i'm just like (laughs) yes well like this is something i like to point out though because like there are people who are just like oh you like grease the moral of that story is a woman has to change herself for a man and i'm like Eh. okay listen grease has grease has cringy stuff don't get me wrong i'm not standing here saying grease is like in defense of like perfectly wholesome healthy relationships but he tries to change himself first first he tries he and and not even tries he joins the track team yeah he's gonna run for this bitch he's gonna fucking run he's like hey i really like sandy maybe i should do something different yeah it's because like sandy's totally like white bread you know she's She's very clean cut, and danny's one of the bad boys and i guess track and cheerleading are like the things that the good kids do just like yeah. sports you know yeah sports it's like the bad kids wouldn't be doing sports that's for like the up the kids that run the up and up and all that he joins the track team to be like oh sandy look like i can be on the team <laughs> and then we hear the rydell fight song which is which is a song do a split give a yell fight it, fight fight i remember yeah. doing oh, it fuck in an extremely short cheerleading skirt. That's all I remember. Oh, yeah. 
Okay. So, we just had a little Danny and Sandy moment. Now we are transported. And there's a scene with the whole bunch. The T-Birds and the Pink Ladies are together. They're at the park having kind of like a picnic. They're all hanging out, right? And so Danny shows up and he tells them that he's joined the track team. And instantly the reaction of the rest of the T-Birds is like, what? What? They are not they're not, you know, like, too supportive of this. They're like, that's fucking lame, Danny. <laughs> like, that's not cool. Because, you know, Loser. who's a nerd? What another nerd track team? <laughs> so <laughs> they kind of, like, take the shit out of him for a minute. And then you get to see some of the some other dynamics within the group. Um, and then we sort of focus on the relationship between Roger and Jan two of the side characters that we don't get too much from earlier in the show. And so we see Roger and and Jan who are kind of bickering about different things. They go back and forth about food and drinks and religion and they're just sort of like, you know, talking and chatting. And uh, Jan asks Roger how he earned the nickname Rump. And this leads us into our next song because Roger explains that he's nicknamed Rump because he is the king of the Mooners. This Mooning. is like a weirdly super cute song. It is actually. That it's, that it's just about like <laughs> pulling your pants down and yeah. showing your ass to people. I know. Do they like, moon people on stage? I'm sure you could. I, I think, think in my can. version, we like they pretended they were mooning people who were behind them, but they didn't actually pull the pants down. This song made me think about that time. I was in Rent, and I had to show my ass to an entire audience. Anyway. It's really cute. The two of them sing it together. It's their own little moment. And it's also, it has a double meaning, because Roger's about mooning people, but also he's mooning over Jan, and she's mooning over him, because they kind of like each other. Yes. Yeah. So they sing, mooning all over you, all over you. Ooh. Yep, it's super cute. So after mooning, they go into um, a discussion about Sandy. And Rizzo, who is the resident bad girl, is like, oh my god, you guys, let's talk about Sandy. Let's dish. So she starts making fun of Danny for being into Sandy because Sandy is so lame she's like the proper ingenue you know she's this really she's white bread i love white this bread song girl. so much i know and so she sort of coaxes everybody into making fun of sandy with her by singing the song sandra d look at me i'm sandra d so this is her she's like put is that doesn't she have a blonde wig in the movie i think maybe she so puts on... in the movie, they put "Look at me, I'm Sandra D." at the slumber party, right? But usually, when they do it at the slumber party, she definitely has a wig. I don't know if she has one on the fly in this moment. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, like, if if you only know the movie, this is when Rizzo puts on the blonde wig, mm-hmm. and she's she's prancing around the room, saying, "Look at me, I'm Sandra D. Lousy with virginity." That's that's this song. When um, I was, I was when little, I was, oh my I god, thought... we both just started with when I was little. <laughs> Sorry. Do you, do you want to go first? No, you'd go. No, it was so funny. I like, I'm muted because I'm eating popcorn because I didn't eat a lot today. 
And I was just like, when I was little, and you were saying when, when I was little at the same exact time, exactly. I wanted to say that, like, she was like, Elvis, get your pelvis away from me. And when I watched it, I didn't know what a pelvis was. And then I learned. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so I I didn't know who half the people she referenced were. Like when I was a kid, I mean, I knew who Elvis was, but I didn't know who like Rock Hudson was. Or Doris Day. I didn't really know who Doris Day. Yeah, as an adult, I love watching it because I totally get a lot more of the references that I didn't get. The only one I got when I was a kid was like Elvis. And that was confusing as a kid because, like, it wasn't like we could just be like, hey, internet time, because we were watching this movie, and, like, I, I, like, internet wasn't a thing when I watched the movie, and, like, I knew who Elvis was because, duh, but, like, I didn't know any of the other references, but, like, I learned what a pelvis was real quick, and I was like, (laughs) (laughs) So, Rizzo has this whole song, they're making fun of Sandy, everyone's kind of laughing at it as she's singing and prancing about the room. Sandy isn't at this get-together at the moment because she has been working on a biology assignment with Eugene, who is another character. He's very nerdy, so that's he's just this archetype of nerdy kid meatballs. Classic like 1950s nerd. Yeah, exactly. Throw him in there. That's Eugene. I bet you Sandy and Eugene end up together. Maybe. Maybe. After things inevitably fall apart with Danny, she finds solace in the arms of Eugene. (laughs) So anyway, they had been working together. Wiener. (laughs) 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 Okay. Well, anyway, as you have guessed, Sandy, of course, comes into the scene at the end of this song, and she sees Rizzo making fun of her. Ugh. You're making fun of me, Riz. And she's like, what are you... What? Ugh. you making fun of me? Ah, I hate so that. Awkward. It's It's an awkward moment because she's like... I know like, if I walked into somebody singing, singing an entire song <laughs> making fun of me, I would be upset. Yeah. I'd be like, you wrote a whole song? Right. You took, you took the time to write a musical number about how lame I am? That's so rude. So rude. <laughs> But anyway, she, like, kind of goes after Rizzo because she's so mad about it. And everyone's like, hey, 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 like, calm down, ladies. No fighting, no fighting. Um, But then she turns on Danny and she's like, fuck you, Danny. Like, she assumes that he's the one who was, like, in on this. That he was, you know, somehow orchestrating the fact that everyone was talking about her. So she yells at Danny. She tells him... You know, I wish I'd never met you. She storms out. And Danny is left behind like, what? what? It's fine. Like, whatever. I don't care. Um, so he kind of just shrugs it off. And he's like, well, you know, let's change the subject, man. So they start talking about the upcoming sock hop. Um, so, so the school's going to have a big dance. Everyone's going to have to pair off for the sock hop. You know, at these dances, everybody's got to have a date. So this is going to be a big thing in the show. Everybody's got to have a date to the dance. Um, And so this spurs the next sequence, which is we go together. And uh, so everybody's talking about who they're going to go to the dance with. Marty doesn't have a date, blah, blah, blah. 
they're laughing because somebody's like, hey, Marty, you should go with Eugene, blah, blah. And uh, so, whatever. It's a funny sequence. They're all friends, blah, blah, blah. They start singing the song, We Go Together. Everybody knows this song from the movie. It's the one with the, we go together, like, blah, 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 blah. I was going to say, like, knowing, like, having grown up with a movie, it feels so weird. Yeah. I'm like, like, I'm like, eh. Kind of the act one closer. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. It's a fun group number. It is. It's so weird. Like, let's celebrate our friendship, even though we totally just, like, you know, like, blew off, like, a girl who was kind of friends with us. It's such a weird... Yeah, it is weird. But it's also... It's kind of like, well, that was uncomfortable. Let's sort of, like, gloss that over and get back to the fact that we're having fun and we're friends. Yeah. Woo! We go together, like, blah, 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 blah. That thing in the back of my throat. Ah! (laughs) Stuff. Roseanne is doing her absolute best to work WAP into every part every, of the show, and I'm here for it. Every bit. I'm uh, glad. I'm glad. Well, anyway, we go together. It's super fun. Um, but yeah, it does get tired. It does get tiring when you do it a lot over and over again. You kind of like want to kill someone after you've was done it. Was this your like, act one closer up. when you did it, Jenny? Yes, it was. Did you guys have Hopelessly Devoted? No, we did not do that in either of the productions I was in. That's really interesting. Yep. Well, you know what? I this was a long time ago, right? Like I was a teenager, I was young. This was this was ages ago. Um, I feel like hopelessly devoted to you, they've started adding into more recently because back I don't think it was even like a question back when we did it. They we did the original stage version. They we didn't have any of the modern up. music. That's re- that's interesting. Yeah. But, yeah, I feel like Hopelessly Devoted could fit at, like, several different points in this show. Because yeah. Sandy kind of goes back and forth several times. It's true. But, like Julie was mentioning, it we, sometimes it is inserted here in the show. Because Sandy's having this sad moment. She's just had a fight with Danny, blah, blah. And so they throw in Hopelessly Devoted to you if they are using that it would kind of be a little bit of a downer as an act closer, but yeah. also at the same time, sometimes an act closer wants to leave you with like a thought. Mm-hmm. So I kind of get it. I, I, I could kind of see it here. I, I can see, see it in, too. In the movie, they kind of put it, isn't it kind of at like Frenchie's um, slumber party? I think in the movie, it's kind of there. Yeah, maybe. Because she's just kind of sad that he was a dick to her. Mm-hmm. But I think in the stage show, they kind of put it, like, in, like they put it in a variety of places if they're going to include it. But I think this is, it's not a bad place to put it if they're going to include it. But she waffles back and forth so many times with Danny. You could put it in a couple different places. Yeah, I, th- I think it's just that We Go Together is such a well-known song that a lot of the times they're like, well, we got to throw in this big, fun number that everyone knows. You yeah, know. fun group, big group number to yeah. close out the act. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that's usually the end of Act 1. Hey, we got through Act 1 hey, already. We did it. Nailed it, y'all. We had, like, what was that? Like, five Cardi B references? At least. At least. Mm-hmm. We'll have to up it for Act 2. That's true. I was just going to, like, no, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I guess you'll take go take a quick break. Yep. I know we're going to refresh our drinks, go to the bathroom, etc. Um, and come back for act two. I'm sure you guys are really excited to find out how Greece ends because you oh, know. Yeah. Such a mystery. Yeah. 
Yep. We'll see you in a little bit, guys. Bye. We've never seen it. Bye. Bye. Hi, everyone. Hello. Welcome back to Act Two of Drunk Musical. We're back Yay. for Act Two of We're Greece. here to start Act Two of Greece, like Jenny just said. Ah. Ah, so I'm gonna get but also like to. let's just like do some further how bad does 2020 suck <laughs> so okay I was about to get to that Roseanne okay so, guys well, story well, time we out, so the, the current date is August 28 2020 and literally while we were taking our action you guys take a 15 second break we genuinely take a quick break to like go to the bathroom refill our drinks and just chat a little bit it's usually like an hour. Yeah. <laughs> In this case, it was like 15, 20 minutes. Um, during this break, we discovered the passing of Chadwick Boseman, um, uh. which genuinely reduced me to tears. Mm-hmm. I actually cried. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's very sad that he passed. Um, he was such an inspiration to so many people in the role of Black Panther. And he, he did other stuff outside the Marvel Universe, but I feel like, and even his Insta and or Twitter, I forget where I got the specific screenshot from that I was looking at, um, stated that playing the role of King T'Challa was one of like, um, the, the, the his favorite parts of his career. It was very sudden um, for us fans that he passed after a four-year battle with colon cancer, um, but he passed very peacefully in the presence of his um, his wife and his family and his friends. Um, but yeah, we literally discovered that mid-break of recording this podcast. And also, um, like, I feel like we need so to talk sad. about how, like, hey, we're trying to be funny and, like, we are drunk and, like, all three of us are drunk right now yeah. and we just found this out. But, like, we're also, st- we're all- we are also still humans and, like, this is hard. And we 2020 is a nightmare no matter how yeah and like it's not I don't like I sometimes we're just like oh David can you cut this because David is our editor but also I don't want David to cut this because this is real life and it's sad and um let's all raise our glasses right yes. now yes I'm gonna raise my glass. I'm raising my wine yeah. glass I'm right my now. Glass right now, and may you rest in peace. Rest in you power, sweet, Chadwick. Sweet rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. I'm so sad that you're not yeah. going to be around yeah. anymore. Cheers. Okay. Cheers, everybody. Yeah. Rest in peace. Thank you, listeners, for like you guys are probably getting, getting this um, in a couple weeks. But yeah, um, thanks for indulging us. But we yeah, just had to have it. It's this. fine. It's fine. We literally received this news between acts yeah. of recording. And, and and you know what? Like, there's no reason to cut it. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful tribute. Um, I I, I don't want to be like. And now, <laughs> the Daniel of Chris. Anyway, the most important you know, musical the, of our the, time. The show must go on. The show must as go so on. So many would say, you know, yeah. it's yeah, it's sad. But I like to think, you know, and feel free to use this audio clip in the future if I, for some reason, become an influential person. <laughs> if I die in the middle of an act of theater that you're performing or commentating on, I want you to continue. Yeah. <laughs> so. Equally important as Greece the death of a celebrity, Grease 2 picks up 
at the night of the suck up. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, right. All right. It doesn't seem right. Okay. Just, so just carry the, on. I love you. Yeah, no. It's the night of the sock hop, which okay. is like a big popular night. And it's the night that, like, allegedly Vince Fontaine will be there. Think I of, like, homecoming what. night. Yeah, I would consider it homecoming. Yeah. They sing this song called Shaking at the High School Hop, which is very forgettable. Shaking at the High School <laughs> Hop. Sandy, Sandy's at home and she's all dressed up, but she's sad. Because she's a sad girl who she, sings a sad she, song. She thought she would go with Danny, but she thought that Danny was making fun of her when Rizzo was mocking her in front of all their friends. Yeah. And to be fair, he didn't really do a great job of defending her. So he, she sings the song called It's Raining on Prom Night, where she's like, it's raining on prom night, my <laughs> hair is a mess. About how, like, I just want sad. to feel that jangly thing in the back of my throat. Oh my god, Roseanne! I was wondering how you were going to work that into WAP. <laughs> but anyway, so she's sad. Um, allegedly, she's listening to the radio, so like this is just like a radio song that like, she's singing along with. So anyway, meanwhile, the dance starts. Kaniki shows up with his date, Chacha Cha-cha. DiGregorio. Cha-cha. Who is from a different school. She doesn't go to ride down. call me Chacha because I'm the best dancer at St. Bernadette's. She's a girl from St. Bernadette's Academy, which I think we're, presumably, I believe is an all-girl academy. Mm. And he clearly brings her to, like, try to make Rizzo jealous. Because Rizzo and Kaniki have had this, like, thing. It's heavily implied throughout the show that, like, Rizzo and Danny had a thing. But, like, Danny's not really into it. And Rizzo's no. like... I don't give a shit about being rejected. I'm not going to let you get the upper hand. So I'm going to pick somebody else to like be my main focus. And she has picked Kaniki. Mm-hmm. So her and Kaniki have very much like pulled around, like whatever they've been like together or not together, or whatever. So her he and stuck Kaniki, fingers into her. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you watch the movies, they Almost definitely, definitely. protected sex in a car and a very yep. explicit scene. Um, so him taking a different girl to a dance is like a thing. So, Patty Simcox shows up, and she's trying to be like, Danny, you should come dance with me. Like, I'm amazing. Uh, Sandy is a really bad cheerleader. She's she's the worst. Um, and meanwhile, yeah, there's this whole thing going on where, like, Patty's trying to, like, get Danny to dance with her. Meanwhile, Rizzo is trying to, like, uh okay this is hard to explain so patty's trying to get with danny right keep that in your mind eugene is trying to get with patty because <laughs> eugene's like i want to fuck patty she's my boo rizzo is like this would really help my case of getting sandy the fuck out of here if danny hooked up with patty so rizzo is trying to fucking hit on eugene so he stops bugging Patty. Oh, so Patty's going to go after what? Danny. Like, I would say this is so fucking high school, but this is actually high school. That's true. <laughs> so, like, it is what it is. So, eventually, it doesn't work. No. Like, it, it doesn't work. Um, Kaniki ends up with Rizzo dancing around. And Danny ends up with Cha-Cha, even though uh, Rizzo was trying to help Danny end up with Patty. Which, whatever, doesn't make sense, because who cares? 
So the MC of the evening is Vince Fontaine, and he's a, a DJ. And he starts the hand jive contest. Yes. And he's like, you guys are going to compete for the hand jive. I'm going to be perfectly frank. I don't remember what the rules are for the musical because in the I movie, feel like... the whole thing is with American Bandstand, but it doesn't seem like in the musical. I, I, what do they win if they win the hand jive? Is it just the tickets to the drive-in? I feel like Maybe? the hand jive is the WAP. Of the you think everything's the WAP, so I disagree. <laughs> so in the movie and in the 2016 version, they make this whole thing about American Bandstand is going to come to the school or whatever. Oh, and like give them like awards and shit. So I don't think that exists in the musical. I think in the musical, it's just there's a local radio DJ, which I think is even funnier. Yeah, yeah. no, it's so. But they but... do win tickets to the drive-in if they win the dance contest, and so people are like trying to like win the dance contest so they do the hand jive in the end danny and cha-cha are the winners so danny wins wait, two tickets is to the drive-in movie cha- wait they're dancing and doesn't cha-cha like get her shit into where danny is and dance so i gotta be frank jenny, That's need, a movie. jenny hang on jenny can you help me as the Wait. expert in the in the stage production, does does Sandy actually even go to the dance? No. Yeah. Okay. Right? Based on based on like the couple of scripts that I read in the scripts that I was reading, Sandy does not even go to the dance. Whereas mm-hmm. in the film version and in the 2016 like live version, she goes. But like I think it was just because they had Olivia Newton John and Julianne Hough, and they right. were like, we needed to get yeah. them in the dance scene. I didn't think in the actual script version they were at the dance. No, so, she's not. Yeah, that was just for drama. I mean, this in right. itself is kind of drama, even though Sandy wasn't actually there. But it's just like all the other couples, they mess up, they fall down, whatever. They they it's obvious that they're they're not great dancers. And then all of a sudden Danny and Cha Cha kind of break out of the group mm-hmm. and they have like a little dance solo to show yeah. off that she's yeah. a good dancer. And, and so they Danny obviously wins win. Danny wins free drive-in movie tickets which i'm presuming he chooses not to share with chacha based oh on no the upcoming scenes that roseanne and or jenny are going to discuss right so like sometime later outside um of the burger palace kinicky we have kinicky we have duty and we have sunny they run frenchy our girlfriend jay oh and the boys are armed with an arsenal of household items that basically like reveal that to their surprise Cha-Cha was the girlfriend of someone in the boys rival gang so they're just like oh Cha-Cha she's bad right and the Flaming Dukes are the rival gang so um, they're called the Scorpions in the movie. They are. For they those are, of you who don't know, just that's funny. Clarify. I was just, I was just about to say that. So in oh, the fuck. musical, I'm sorry. I'm no, 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 no. You're good. No, I would have forgotten to like even mention it. So like, I love you. Um, so like the Flaming Dukes or the Scorpions, whatever. Um, they hear that Cha Cha is like dancing with the Burger Palace boys, and they're just like, yeah. You dance with my bitch. We got to rumble. And this is like super 1950s narrative right here. Like, it just sounds terrible. 
But like, this is just how it was. Have you read The Outsiders? Anybody? This is just how it is. I saw the show. Did in high school. I have not since to be perfect. I teach honest. The Outsiders because I teach seventh grade and we do The Outsiders every year. And I'm just like, have you guys seen Grace? But anyway, I'm not going to get into that because I can talk about The Outsiders all day because I teach it. Anyway, so Danny's just like, hi, I'm Danny. I'm going to sprint into the scene wearing a track suit because I run track because I'm trying to impress this bitch. Um, and then everyone's just, everyone's just like, oh, Danny, why are you wearing this track suit? It's so extra. And Danny's just like, I can't be in the rumble. Even though I'm a greaser, um, I have a track beat. And everyone's just like, what? What? Um, so, oh, the three remaining boys, they're just like, let's go to the Burger Palace. We're going to have a little snacky snack before this fight. Fight's going to happen. There may be knives. There may be guns. Who knows? But we're going to, like, snacky snack it up before the thing. And Frenchie's just like, guys, I know you're about to, like, go have a rumble. But, like, what the fuck am I going to do with my life? <gasps> She's just like, I had opportunities. I went to beauty school. And I dropped the fuck out and I failed fucking everything what the fucking Christ am I going to do and then like all of a sudden it's just like ah, 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 and like teen angel appears and you're just like oh my god Billy Porter <laughs> <laughs> but no really but like a teen angel appears right and then we hear the iconic this isn't Jenny talking this is Roseanne talking mm -hmm. the iconic she's allowed Judy. to say iconic yeah I'm allowed to say iconic <laughs> Jenny has um, had her permissions yeah. suspended temporarily yeah. Damn it. we hear <laughs> beauty school dropout beauty school dropout Go back to high school. Honestly, I feel, I feel like this is like, to me, like the second best song in this show. Yeah, it's fun. Um, So we hear this great, fantastic song and it's very like dream, like Wayne's World. Um, I, I love talking about Wayne's World. Anyway. I fucking love Wayne's World so much. Can we best. watch it together sometime oh my God. soon? Yes. I haven't watched I, it in a hot second. I will watch. Absolutely. So like, Wayne's World Two is my favorite. Oh, I, I, I love I've Wayne's only World seen Two. Wayne, I uh, I think I've only seen Wayne's World Two like once. Can I tell you guys a secret though? Yes. I don't want to cut David's never seen Wayne's World. Dave, you know what? It's really that that shit like. Gets me that, excited. Which it surprises me. I feel like he likes a lot of like old SNL sketches. And I'm like, you would fucking love Wayne's World though. Here's yes. the deal. Um, because I now know this, I wanna watch both Wayne's World with David so I can be there with him. We should but we'll, we'll, we, you know what? We'll make that happen. I'll do my best. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, my favorite part of Wayne's World is where he's just like, um, we're gonna cross the T's and dot the lowercase J's. <laughs> Maybe some of you will understand what that is. That's I love the part. whole when they're just like, we're People just gonna write- sell out to some corporate sponsor. And then they cut to them all in like ridiculously like sponsored <laughs> posts. Yes, yes. And Mike Myers is just like a genius. In the also, entire- just talking about so that good. makes me want like Pizza Hut and or Domino's. Right. Or like a donut. Oh, yes. uh, the crullers. Yeah. A crawler. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. For sure. Okay, so beauty school dropout happens. I just said for beauty school true. dropout. No graduation day. So three boys, they leave the Burger Palace. And they're just like, Danny is just like a fuck. And like, (laughs) they're just like, you suck, Danny. And they're just like, Roger, he's not even here. Who's Roger? And they wait. Who the fuck is Roger? He's one of the T-Birds. He's He's just the only one who doesn't have, like, a cool name because there's, like, Danny. I mean, he's Danny, but he's the main character. Kaniki, Duty, and there's, like, Roger. Sonny, This is, like, Roger's one moment. Okay, sorry. Like, I like I Roger's the one who loves Jan. He loves the fat girl. Oh, okay, yeah. So they were just, like, oh, fat people don't matter because that's life and musical theater we can get into that at some other part (laughs) of our lives so they're just like oh we are waiting for the flaming dukes but they never show up they're just like pussies you know and roger's just like yo i got this broken antenna as my weapon and then um they decide to like undress him they're just like, oh, I'm going to take off your pants and your shoes. It's the end. <laughs> so, suddenly we're at the drive-in, okay? Oh, the drive-in. And at the drive-in. Yes! And Danny's just like, hey, Sandy, I'm going to give you my class ring. And she's just like, yes! Oh my God, Danny! This is the real deal, honey. It's 1950s. Look at my like little like curl I have in my hair. Look at my poodle skirt. Oh my God, you gave me my class ring. And then Danny's just like, I'm gonna finger you. This means this means we can get to third base in my car, right? Uh-huh. Yep. This but, is one of those parts where Danny is very cringy that yes, I yep. appreciate when they change in later iterations. So Danny's like being like super inappropriate, but he offers his class ring initially. And then Sandy, he tries to like make an advance on her. And she's just like, oh, you no, no, I'm a good girl from Australia. And then <laughs> Danny's just like, fuck. And he sings this song alone at the drive-in. And there's hot dogs and shit. What um, will they say day at school? Yeah. And that happens. That song happens. So yeah, sometimes it's Sandy. Sometimes it's 
alone at the drive-in movies. It's a lot. We I can... did want to... I just had a funny story about alone at the drive-in movie. When I did yeah, the show, when I played it. Sandy, I remember the scene. We were sitting in this fake car, and Danny and I are there, and he starts to try and put the moves on Sandy after he gives her his ring. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'll wear, I'll wear your ring. And he leans in. He's like, oh, that's great. And he tries to give her a kiss. And so I was playing this opposite my friend, Kevin, who was playing Danny. And Kevin had this hairpiece in the front. They uh-huh. gave him this little fake pompadour hairpiece mm. that they clipped in. It was ridiculous. And Kevin and I were, like, best friends. We lived together at the time, and we were in a lot of shows opposite each other. He was my Loom Todd to my Tuptim. He was my Archibald to my Lily in Secret Aww. Garden. Yeah, so we were we were so close. But Kevin was so gay. So he did not, he had no interest in kissing me whatsoever. And yet, time and time again, we had to kiss each other in these yeah. shows in college. And I just remember this kiss specifically in Greece being the most awkward of all the kisses because it's not really romantically motivated. Danny is just like, oh, maybe I could get some action out of this, what's happening in this car right now, because she seems like she wants to wear my ring, so maybe I could get some. So he just, like, lays a kiss on her, and I just remember Kevin being the most awkward about it, because he so did not want to kiss me. Because Stage he... kisses are so hard, Jenny. They are, and we had done it before, but it was just, this sticks out to me as one of and I love you Kevin but one of the worst stage kisses I've ever had just because he had to force a kiss on me and he didn't want to kiss me to begin with and it was I I would just come off stage laughing every time but I mean thankfully Kevin and I were the same age you know we were like best friends we just didn't want to kiss each other (laughs) and sometimes you just have to make that work so anyway that is theater Moving on, this is now, we jump several days later, and we're in Jan's basement. So there's another, it's another social gathering with the two groups. And Sandy, the greasers, but not Danny, are all in Jan's basement. And we open with a song called Rock and Roll Party Queen. Um, And this is just like a fun little bop that they do. I want to say it's... Is it Sunny who sings the lead on this song? Um, I think so. I don't think it's Roger. I think it's Sunny. I feel like Sunny needs something because he's like 87. This is the only reason this song is in the show. <laughs> I'm positive. It's because he doesn't have anything else to do. He's he's like basically non-existent. But rock and roll party queen is this fun thing that they do. So it's like a little bop they do. So... Now we get a little bit of insight into what's going on with Rizzo. Rizzo's in a bad mood, we get the sense. She's a little bit on edge because we find out that she's missed her period. And she's afraid that she's pregnant. Dun, dun, dun! What? Unless you're watching, like, the high school version. I think it's an important story If you're watching... 
If you're watching the school edition, she's just in a bad mood for no reason, and then they never reference it. Yeah, which is fucking horseshit because, like, God, I think they like, even like I think they even cut her song because, like, it doesn't make sense. Oh, uh, I'm just oh, like in the so... high school. Like, why good. can't we just like let this bitch be pregnant? When well, I was pregnant with my second child, my feet swelled up to like fucking balloons and I taught eighth grade and eighth graders think they're so cool even though they're 14 (laughs) but whatever like they're just like I'm so woke and cool and I remember being like a teacher at, at that time and just being like oh is this cool and I would like throw my feet up on a desk because my doctor said to elevate and then, like, they'd be like, ah, ah, what is that? Ah, look at those swollen ankles. And I'd be like, yeah, you you don't want to get pregnant. Wear condoms. Oh, my God. The best birth control ever. Roseanne's oh my feet. My feet were so swollen. I was just like, oh, you want to have sex? You think it's fun? Look at my fucking ankles. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay well take that advice as you will listeners (laughs) so anyway this is a this is an interesting plot line so Rizzo's having a pregnancy scare and she's really freaked out about it so she's talking to the girls and she's trying to tell them you know I think she's trying to downplay her emotions for Kaniki in this scene because oh, sure. we assume 100%. that the baby is Kaniki's if she were pregnant because they had kind of been going together for a while. And so she's trying to like make excuses like, oh, well, you know, maybe it's not Kaniki's. Um, maybe it's this dude I slept with who we had sex and the condom broke. You know, I don't know. And she mentions that the DJ at the saw cop was hitting on her. So, like, she's got guys is basically, like, what she's saying. But we, I think the through line that we kind of get underneath that is that we're pretty sure it's Nikki's if she's pregnant because that's who she's with. But she doesn't want to admit that she cares about him. And so she's trying to make it seem like it's no big deal and that it could be anybody's, basically. Um, so... Sandy kind of cuts into this conversation and she tries to be like a serious friend to Rizzo in this moment of need. Um, and she's asking her if it's Kanicki's and all this stuff. And it kind of leaves this little back and forth between Rizzo and Sandy where Rizzo gets defensive and she's like, listen, I know that you think you're a better person than me and all this stuff, but they're like, it's hard to explain. <laughs> there are worse things I can do, but it's the lead in to the song. There are worse things I can do. She's like, listen, I know you're an angel and all this stuff, but the worst thing I could, there are worse things I can do than like actually have feelings for a guy. And so that leads her into the singing the song, which is the best song in the show. I think like character wise, it's the best song as far as a character actually yeah. being real and having emotions and having development. So it's also like right in my sweet spot range. It's a great song to sing. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's a good song. 
And it's Rizzo's vulnerable moment in the show. And so it's As a, we saw, it's a are we talking moment. about worst things I could do? Yes. yes. This is the best song in the entire show. Fucking so fight for me. true. It's yeah. the best song. Yeah, we don't get to fight you, girl. We no, believe you. If you're Rizzo and you can't fucking sell this song, I'm sorry, your entire show's a failure. That's true. Like, if this song doesn't fucking sell, your mm-hmm. show is garbage. Yep. Like, to play Rizzo, you gotta be able to act the shit out of the song and you gotta be able to sing it. It's like... The most important, like, fuck Sandy and Danny. Like, the stories about them, sure. But, like, Rizzo, like, to understand her character is to understand this song. And if you don't, and if if the actress playing Rizzo fails to communicate this song to you, this whole show is fucked and doesn't mean shit, aside from, like, fellow high school stuff. Anyway, continue. I had to You're so right. I'm looking up the <laughs> WAP lyrics so that, again. Oh, my God. Uh, like, we're going to, like, Try to work them in. Oh my god, listen. Uh, I'm gonna keep talking while you try to figure that out, Roseanne. Thanks. So anyway, the song is about No, it's great. Rizzo's song is about showing weakness and vulnerability and how she's having a moment of weakness and vulnerability and there's worse things than that. And uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you again. I think it is personally more powerful um, the way the original musical had it written in the sense that she is singing it basically to Sandy. Yeah. And, you know, versus like the the movie version and even like the 2016 version and like other versions I've seen where she's kind of singing it as like a soliloquy. Mm -hmm. I think it's more powerful because like I think to cry in front of you is the worst thing I could do. People usually presume it's towards Kaniki, mm-hmm. but I think with the original staging, it's she's saying it to Sandy. She's saying you're not close enough to me to understand that like I have feelings like a lot of my close friends get. Mm-hmm. I think it's way more par- powerful the way it's meant to be staged with the original staging than it has been in various iterations since. Yeah. Okay, guys, no. we're almost done. We're so close. We're so close. First. Sandy has to sing a reprise of Look at Me, I'm Sandra D. This is a really touching moment. Oh, God, yeah. This is my favorite part to sing in the show. For some inexplicable reason after Rizzo leaves, after this song, Sandy's like, whoa. Hmm. Let me think about my life for a second. What do I need to do here? What is this telling me? What lesson am I learning? I know. I know what the lesson is. The lesson is that I need to fit in better with my peer group and in order acceptable. to do that and make my kind of boyfriend happier. I'm going to need to change everything about who I am. Yeah. So, look at me. I'm Sandra D. Physically. It's, physically. So, it's so unacceptable. It's just a, I don't understand. Even when I was doing it, I didn't understand her thought process. Like, Oh, Rizzo just sang this really vulnerable song. Let's see. I think so. Okay, what can I do? This, let's break this down. I think okay. So like, if we're gonna take this at face value, right? Of like, this is where she sings this number. You could argue that she was living her life pure bread, whatever. White very, bread. Pure white bread. Pure upbringing. Yeah. And she viewed even those who were her friends 
under like a negative like lens because they like delved into things that she didn't necessarily approve of, but they were her friends, and especially Frenchie who was nice to her. And then she saw this song from Rizzo where she was like, because Rizzo was like, Rizzo's whole song is like, she's like, I see myself as like living life to the fullest. I think it would be worse to be like lying around hoping Mr. Right shows up. Like at least I'm like enjoying myself. You could make the argument that she saw that and she was like, and especially because Rizzo like made the argument of just like, hey, just because I don't show you my emotions doesn't mean I don't feel them. Doesn't mean I'm not a person. You could argue that she saw that and was like, hey, I know maybe just because of how I come across doesn't necessarily mean how I feel towards the people I care about. That being said, I'm not necessarily arguing in favor of the original vision of this piece because, like I said, a lot of people who see the original film, for example, see the concept of, like, if you change yourself, a guy will love you for it. Whereas I like some of the more modern interpretations that show, well, this is, hang on, this is also kind of a tangent. Allegedly, and I have not done enough research, aka zero research, to really speak knowledgeably on this. But the creators of Greece allegedly implied that it was a common trope in 1950s cinema for a film to occur and where there was a bad boy and a good girl where the good girl coaxes the guy to be a good guy. Um, and that was a common trope of the 50s. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar enough with 50s cinema to personally... Yeah. Know whether that's true or not. But my unders- but from what I've read, the playwrights of this production wrote this specifically meant to be a, a flip of that trope where the woman changes herself for the guy. Mm-hmm. But well, in, I w- in the reprise, like her lyrics, it kind of makes sense like that. Yeah. In the end, she's like, Sandy, you must start anew. Don't you know what you must do? Hold your head high. Take a deep breath and sigh. Goodbye to Sandra D. She's just saying, like, I had been wholesome and pure, but I was also scared and unsure. And I need to be stronger than that. I need to be, you know, I need to remake myself into someone who's going to be more confident and more sure and someone who's deserving you know, to step into the spotlight and take my place in this social group and be Mm -hmm. with Danny. So to her, I think it was more of like a power move. Exactly. And I was in the bathroom earlier, so I don't know if this was mentioned. Um, But one thing that I really liked about the story in the 2016 version that they did, the live version, was that they had Danny change first and that is especially particularly he sticks with running in track and he like letters in track and he does it not anticipating that she's going to do anything in response, which we'll find out from Jenny in a moment what exactly she does in response if you don't already know the ending. <laughs> um, but in the play version, and this is where I mentioned, I, I'm sorry if this is repetitive, um, at some point in the play, it's mentioned that like, well, Danny tried to change... He eventually did quit track at some point before mm-hmm. the end of this production. He didn't end up sticking with it, which 
is weird to me. Like, it feels like a weird plot moment that they introduced and then got rid of. And I'm not 100% sure what purposes was to serve. Mm -hmm. But anyway, continue Jenny with the end of the show. All right. So, the ending of Grease. We all know what's going to happen. Sandy's made a decision. She needs to change her ways. And, like I said, it's like a power move. She's saying, hey, I used to be meek and shy, and I ain't that girl anymore. So, the team, the guys are all hanging out the next day, and all of a sudden the girls show up. And who among them comes out of the pack but Sandy D? But this time, she ain't dressed like some, you know, pretty girl. She is dressed in leather. Like a badass woman. And she walks up to Danny and she's like, Hey, what you doing? Stud. And he's like, Whoa, Sandy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's just this, it's just this, it's a scene where he's, you know, he's like, Whoa, I like this. <laughs> and she's like, Well, tell me about it, Stud. And she's just, She's a cool girl now. She's taken her place as the head of the pink ladies. And now she's super neat. And she wears leather. And she's a badass. And Danny likes it. And it's all good. So in the musical, they sing the song, I'm all choked up. Uh Uh-huh. I'm all choked up. Which was really awkward for me to perform, personally. But oh, did you do it? That's I did. I've never heard that number. I can, I can show it to you, <laughs> if you want. Oh, I have it on yeah, tape. I'll, I'll watch that at some point. Okay, it's not a great song. It really is not a great song, and I am so thankful that they took it out of the movie and replaced it with "You're the One That I Want," because That's it's so such weird. a better song. Yeah, "All Choked Up" is not great. When we did it poor Kevin he had such a hard time singing this song I don't know why the timing something was off but he just could never get this song down and it's just it's it's not a great song but anyway that's the original and it was replaced with you're the one that I want in the movie they're at a fair in the movie it's like the end of school year and they're at there they have a big fair to celebrate or something like that yeah it's like a big carnival yeah it's like a carnival and so they're doing it on like some of the um, attractions. They're like dancing through the fun house. Um, it's so fun. Carnival. It's so fun. Um, anyway, so afterwards they all sing You're the One That I Want or We're All Choked Up and everybody's like, oh, let's go back. We're going to have a party. We're going to watch the Mickey Mouse Club. And all of the loose ends get tied up in the story, of course. We find out Rizzo is not in fact pregnant. She can be with Kaniki, you know, they're going to be happy together for the next two weeks or so. Um, Frenchie is going to have a job now that she's dropped out of beauty school. She's going to actually become a saleswoman and sell makeup at Woolworths. And everybody's happy. The T-Birds and the Pink Ladies are going to be together forever. And Sandy and Danny are going to be happy for the time being. And they sing We Go Together as I also think the end of the show. It. What? You think they made it? Uh, so, I, uh, here's the thing. I'm not going to say 100% they did. Mm. But but I'm just going to say, I like to think they could have. This is a total sidebar by Roseanne Lost Power. 
Oh no! That's why she's gone. Okay, so, well, everybody, we finish the show with that. <laughs> Roseanne can't be with us. She's she's out of the she's in the dark. She's in the dark. She lost power at her house. But we got to the end of Grace. But we finished Grace. We did it. We hope you guys had a great show. Yay! Thank Grease you so is much the for word after us. all. Yes, definitely go check out the 2016 version. It's at the good. At least listen to Jordan Fisher singing yep. those magic changes because that's that will change your life. And um, oh, we had a great time. Yeah, thank you for joining. And we would love you guys to share your Grease stories with us on Please. our social media. Yes, share it on our social media. You guys don't interact with us enough on our Instagram, especially. Right? Check out our Instagram. That's where we're most active. Yep. Um, so please hit us up. Because Grace is the show. quintessential theater kid show. No, this is a 100% a theater kid show. So, so I want to hear your stories. Yes. Yes. But anyway, right, thank, thank you, you so much for joining us. Much. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank, thank you for tuning in. <laughs> If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to leave a review to let us know what shows you want us to do. And don't forget to subscribe to get alerts when more episodes are available. This show is edited by David M. Good, Good show, show, everyone! Listen, oh, I cannot type. I am so ready. Myself. Myself. Okay, well, I'm so ready.